Now, last week we looked into a subject that is vital, that is very important for us to understand what it means to be baptized into one body. And in the last few weeks, we've been looking on this subject of baptism. Like I said last week, baptism is a mystery in itself. And it is one th- it is a subject or it is an experience that we as believers of the Lord must fully understand and comprehend because it has a spiritual implication and it has a means of the ability to empower us to fulfill our divine purpose here on earth as we begin to serve the will of God and the things that God wants us to do. So let me just quickly summarize what we looked at last week because it will help us to understand the subject we want to look further into this morning because we want to look into this aspect of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, we looked into being baptized into one body from 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, beginning from verse 12 to verse number 14. It says, For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. He said, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Take note of that. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bound or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one, for the body is not one member, but it said the body is many member. Last week I said there are important questions we need to ask to understand this. What is the one body which we are baptized into? And what does it mean to be baptized into one body? What is the one spirit by which we are baptized into that one body? And what does it mean to drink into one spirit? Because you can find these four, these four points in the scripture verses which we have read. What is this one body which we are being baptized into? Remember, we looked into the scripture from Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 4, and also Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 22 to verse number 23. And we'll understand from that scripture that Jesus is head over all things to the church. And he said, which is his body, the fullness of him that feeds all in all. So we understand from the scripture that the church is his body, or the church is this one body, which is also known as the body of Christ. So this body church is not a denomination or a religious system. It is not a man-made ministry or some family name, but the body of Christ is a corporate being of a many-member body. But we go on also to also understand this. What does it mean to be baptized into one body? For us to be able to understand this, I related what it means to be baptized into Moses in the scripture. Because if we understand what that means, you and I can understand what it means to be baptized into one body. Remember I said Moses represents the law on a religious system, but Christ represents grace and truth. 
as you see in John chapter number 1, verse number 17. But when you read 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 1 and 2, especially from the Amplified Classic Edition, it says, For I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, that our forefathers were all under and protected by the cloud in which God's presence went before them. And every one of them passed safely through the Red Sea, and each one of them allowed himself also to be baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They were thus brought under obligation to the law, to Moses, and to the covenant consecrated and set apart to the service of God. This is simple enough. What does it mean to be baptized into Moses? It was simply to be brought under obligation to the law and to Moses, which was a religious system and services of God through the law of Moses. So what will it then mean to be baptized into the body of Christ? It simply means, if you understand what it means to be baptized into Moses, as to be brought under obligation to the law and to that religious system. So therefore it means... To be, for, to be baptized into the body of Christ, it is to be brought under obligation to grace and to Christ and the body, which is the church, which is a spiritual system which we are now set apart or we are now being set apart for kingdom service through grace and truth. And of course, you understand Romans chapter number 6 helps us to understand that baptism is an initiation into a walk or into a walk in newness of life. But it goes on to say, what does it mean to be baptized? Or what is this one spirit by which we are baptized into one body? Now, this is where we are dwelling today. The Holy Spirit is the agency by which we are baptized and added into the body of Christ. I want to say this again. The Holy Spirit is the agency by which we are baptized and added into the body, the church. The Holy Spirit is the revelator, the, the revealed system of truth that reveals faith within us to be baptized in water, which is a command. But we must understand being baptized in water is a command. Remember, go ye and preach the gospel. It's a baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is a command. But you must understand that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a command, but rather it is a promise. So to become a part of the body is not something you do of yourself, but like I said last week, it is the walk of the Holy Spirit as the Lord adds you to his church by his will and for his purpose. So I cannot add myself to the church, to the body of Christ. It is the walk of the Holy Spirit as the Lord adds me to his body by his will and for his purpose. You can see that in Acts chapter number 2, verse number 4. And you can also see that in Acts chapter number 5, verse number 13 to verse number 14. You will understand that no one added themselves to the church. It was the Lord that added them even to his body. This we must understand, therefore. So, 
I want us to look into this aspect, therefore, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a few things I want us to understand here concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it is not something that is new to us as believers. You've heard about this baptism of the Holy Spirit over and over. And of course, in the last few weeks, we've been taught what different, the different aspect of baptism. And this is one part which is very important, the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Spirit. Now, I want to point something out that I've written here. I said the baptism of the Holy Spirit is simply, hear me, it is the infilling of the Spirit of God. But more than the infilling of the Spirit of God, it is an endowment of spiritual ability or supernatural ability, which you will call power. I want to say that again because this is very important. Now, the reason I'm saying this is that people think that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It is not. It is more than just the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Let me bring your understanding or bring you to this awareness. Now, when you read the book of John, chapter number 20, Verse 20, I want you to get this very, very important. Jesus here speaking to his disciples, later known as the apostle. John chapter number 20, verse 20, the Bible says, He breathed on them and said to them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. The question I want to ask you, when Jesus breathed on them in John chapter number 20, Verse 20, and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Did they receive the Holy Spirit? Of course, they did receive the Holy Spirit. So if they received the Holy Spirit in John chapter number 20, verse number 20, so what is this whole Acts chapter number 2 experience all about? Is it another infilling of the Holy Spirit or is it a different kind of infilling of the Holy Spirit? This is where we need to understand. Jesus said to his disciples when he breathed on them in John chapter number 20 verse 20, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, which I believe or you know that they received the Holy Spirit. But coming to Luke chapter number 24 verse 49, he said to them something that is very, very important. He said, behold, he said, I will send you the promise of my father upon you. He said, but you must tarry in the city of Jerusalem. He said, until you are being endued with power from on high. And you understand that after his ascension into heaven, the apostles, the disciples didn't do anything. But rather, in Jerusalem, in the upper room, they waited. For what? What were they waiting for? The Bible said they were waiting for the promise of the Father, which he promised them. He said it was an endowment of power from on high. And Acts chapter number 2, therefore, you understand what happens there. That is why I said the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just only the infilling of the Spirit, but more than that, it is the endowment or the endowment 
of a spiritual ability to fulfill divine purpose. This is something that you and I must understand so that as we begin to desire this baptism of the Holy Spirit, that you don't just limit yourself to this infilling of the Spirit, but rather you should understand you are being empowered for service. That because most people think that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you have a lot of people who are sitting in church filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and they think that is all. No, there is more to this baptism of the Holy Spirit so that if we understand what it means, you understand this empowerment of the Lord that has come upon us and therefore we need to become active in the services of the Lord. Now let's move on because there are some things I want us to actually cover. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to get this, the baptism of the Holy Spirit may be defined as that walk whereby the Spirit of God places us into union with Christ and into union with other believers in the body of Christ. That is, being baptized into one body, which we looked at last week. The Bible says, for by one Spirit, for by one Spirit are we being baptized into the body. So in other words, the baptism of the Holy Spirit may be defined as that work whereby the Spirit of God places us in union with Christ and into union with all the believers in the body of Christ. Now, another point I want you to understand concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like I just said, is an empowering experience, equipping spiritual believers for witness or to be a witness and for ministry. I want to explain that. When you read Acts of the Apostle, chapter number 1, verse number 8, I want you to understand. This is now Jesus ascended up or about to ascend up into heaven. But he said in verse number 8, he said, But you shall receive power from above when the Holy Spirit is come upon you. When the Holy Spirit is come upon you. In other words, when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. Now, the power of the Holy Spirit is not given to us for showing off or some kind of attraction to ourselves. But you must understand the purpose why the Holy Spirit or is being given to us or why the Holy Spirit comes upon us or why we are being baptized with the Holy Spirit. The scripture says it is to be a witness of Christ. And it's important that you read that. Acts 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, this is where I want us to, to get this. To be a witness of Christ is more than just going around and preaching. Because some people think that 
you will receive the the power of the Lord. When the Holy Spirit come upon you, you will receive power and you become witnesses of the Lord. And people think to be a witness of the Lord is just running around and going around to preach the gospel. No, you need to go back and read the scripture and understand what it means to be a witness. Now, let me read this. I'm reading something down here. Let me read this. To be a witness is more than just going around preaching. But first of all, we ourselves, the scripture, the scripture puts it to become to become to to be a witness. Is first of all, we ourselves become the evidence, or rather, we become the living proof of our intimate experience with Christ. Like Paul said in Second Corinthians chapter number three, verse two to three, he said, "We are the living epistles of Christ." In other words, we become the very witness of Christ. But now, let's look into that word witness. It also means to be a martyr. Uh, what, what do you mean? Somebody who, 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 this means we become dead to self and we are committed to die for Christ at all costs. In other words, to be a witness of Christ means that you are given for dead. In other words, your life becomes a sacrifice for the Lord. Now, I wonder how many of us are really willing to die for Christ. Because this baptism of the Holy Spirit means that you become dead to self. Not only are you become dead to self, but you are not being committed to die for Christ. Now, of course, you understand scriptures. For you to live is to die. In other words, the experience of the life of God only comes through the death of self or the things of this world if you're going to experience the life of Christ. So I want you to understand this. It is interesting to note things that we believers today are not willing to make any form of sacrifice that may even cost us our lives. It is amazing sometimes when you looked into... Uh, the other religion, for example, the Islamic religion, and you understand the concept of their belief. It will, of course, you all will agree with me that some of the concepts of their belief are coined out of the scriptures itself, from the Bible itself, but just that there are some twists in certain area to fit their own belief. But it will amaze you how they are being taught to believe that sacrificing their life for their so-called belief gives them a place in eternity in heaven. And therefore, they are willing to sacrifice themselves by blowing up themselves and doing all kinds of things they do. They do it with joy, they do it with pleasure, and they're willing to kill themselves as one in quote, a martyr, to be a witness of what they believe. Do you understand that that whole concept of dying to serve in order to get a place in eternity or in God's kingdom is something that comes out from the scripture at chapter number one, verse eight. This is the whole purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, hear me, people of God, can only fill a soul that is empty and dead. In other words, he quickens that soul to live to die for the cause of Christ. 
And that is why you need to read Matthew chapter, if you read Matthew chapter number 16, you begin to understand something there, is that if you must be a follower of Christ, you must deny yourself. You must die to self in order to live for him. Because if you are not dead to yourself, there is no way you can live for him. Now when you understand this, therefore, you understand, therefore, the apostles didn't pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit or for power to show off. But they were united in prayer, crying to God to show his power through them so that they can boldly declare his word or boldly declare Christ to their word. Even at the expense of death when they were threatened. You can read that in Acts chapter number 4 verse 23 to verse number 33. You understand that they were being threatened. Peter was being threatened. Not to preach that name of Christ. And when they were set free, Peter came to the other disciples and told them how they were being threatened for Christ in preaching the gospel and how they were being warned not to preach in that name again, that if they preach in that name, they will be put to death. And when you read Acts chapter number 4, the whole apostles and the church lifted up their voice in prayer. What were they praying for? That God will give them the boldness to be able to proclaim even the gospel, or proclaim Christ even to their word at the expense of death. And what actually happened? The Bible says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, the whole house, the whole room were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, where they were praying, I mean, they experienced this earthquake, this vibration as a result of their prayer, and they were now filled with the Holy Spirit. It's another form of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when you begin to look into the lives of each of the apostles of the Lord, do, do a research and check each of the 12 apostles of the Lord. You understand every one of them died as a martyr apart from one, which is John. When you read the book of Revelation, John, I mean, they tried to kill John, but they couldn't kill John. Put him in a boiling oil. And nothing happened to him. The Bible said they had to cast him into the island of Patmos and History only shows that he died a natural death, but every other one was killed. Some were beheaded, some were crucified on the cross. Many ways they were tortured. I think one of them was tied in a horse and drew on the floor until his skin was off his body and he died. In other words, they were willing to die. Why? This is what it means to be a witness of Christ. More than just that. So therefore, we must understand as we begin to speak about this baptism of the Holy Spirit, I just want you to understand it. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was, is, is, is an empowering experience, equipping spirit believers for witness and to be a witness for Christ and also for ministry. I want you to get that because there are many things we can learn. But let me... Also look, I want us to also look into this quickly because some things I've just written down here as I began to meditate a few minutes before I came in here. I think this is important for us to understand this aspect of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what it means being filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I, just want to, I just want to pick some things here. What I wrote down, I said, let's look at some evidences or some manifestations of, 
of the Holy Spirit in a believer. What happens when you are being baptized with the Holy Spirit? Remember, number one, I said you are being endued with power from on high for service. Not for a show, but for service, to be a witness of Christ. Not only to die to serve, but be willing to go around and to witness for Christ. Because like I said earlier, there are many sitting in the church, speaking in tongues, filled with the Holy Spirit, in quote, but they do nothing. No, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit empowers you. I wrote something here, which is very important, to be in partnership with the Lord. So I wonder, I, I'm, I'm going to emphasize on that, but let's, 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 let's go on. I wrote number one thing, one, one of the points I wrote here, which is an evidence of the manifestation of the, uh, or the evidence of the manifestation of the infilling of the spirit in a believer is that it brings transformation. Number one, it brings what? Transformation. Now, when you read Ephesians chapter number four, verse 23 and 24, it says, let the spirit change the way of thinking and make you into a new person. As a matter of fact, I love this translation of the Bible, the contemporary English version of the Bible. He said, let the spirit change your way of thinking and make you into a new person. He said, you were created to be like God, so you must please him and be truly holy. So in other words, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit is that it brings transformation. And this transformation of the spirit, you see, it, it, it allows your mind, it changes the way you think. You cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit and yes, you think like the world. You cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit and see operate with a religious mindset. The only time you will operate as a believer, the only time you will operate or conform to the system of this world and think like the world is when you, uh, you, 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 you block your spirit or you place a, you, 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 you set a blockade or a hindrance to, to the spirit that you are not being led by the spirit. But when you are filled with the spirit of God, you must understand it changes the way you think. The transformation of your mind is the transformation of your life. I've often said this, there is a battle in the mind for the control of your mind because he who controls your mind controls your life. If the Lord controls your mind, he controls your life. If the devil controls your mind, he controls your life. That is why when you read the book of Colossians chapter number one, it is interesting the scripture says that we became estranged from the Lord. How were we estranged from the Lord? The Bible says in our mind. <laughs> and if we became estranged from God in our mind and became enemies of God in our mind, where do you think there has to be a restoration for us to become a friend of God or to come into intimacy with God? It has to do with our mind. That is why one of the work or one of the manifestation of the Spirit of God is that it brings transformation in your mind. Number two, I want you to understand this so that you understand some of the benefit of the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number two here, I've written, I, 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 I say it helps you to grow in the gift and in the fruit of the Spirit. 
It helps you to grow. It helps you to mature. It helps you to be able to function in the gifts of the Spirit and in the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not just only talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Of course, when you read the Scripture, the Bible talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit. But when you read the Scripture also, the Bible talks also about the nine fruit of the Spirit. It is interesting, the Bible didn't say fruits of the Spirit. There are nine. It says fruits of the Spirit, but it says fruit of the Spirit. Quite interesting. But most of us believers, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, our ambition and our desire is that we always emphasize on the gift of the Spirit. But we don't talk about the fruit of the Spirit. But I realize that the gift of the Spirit is connected to the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and yet you can't operate in the fruits of the Spirit. They are interconnected. They are connected. They are connected. And we as believers must begin to understand it. I know we're not talking about the gifts of the Spirit or the fruits of the Spirit in this teaching, but I just want you to understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this infilling, this endowment of the Holy Spirit allows you or helps you to grow in the gifts and in the fruits of the Spirit. And of course, remember, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those who are in Christ are distinguished from unbelievers in that they have been gifted with the Holy Spirit, enabling them to bear fruit. So this baptism of the Holy Spirit enables you to be able to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Hallelujah. We're going to come to this aspect. It's not just only to speak in tongues, but it helps you to bear the fruit of what? The Spirit. I want to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And you understand, one of the fruit of the Spirit is love. And how will they know that you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? There is one mark the scripture say, love. It say, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. So in other words, the mark, the true mark of being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is love. And how can I bear that fruit of love? It is by the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. By myself or of myself, I cannot love. I want us to be real. Because you must understand the love of God is different from the love of this world. And when you read, is it 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter number 13, uh, uh, it helps us to understand this love, for you to understand this whole issue of love, the love of God. It's an unselfish love. It's a different kind of love. It's not a give and take kind of love. But when you begin to understand this true love of God, this agape love of God, can only be manifested in the life of the believer through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we must understand that. But let's go on because we have other things to also touch on. So number one, remember I said some of the evidence and manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer is number one, it brings transformation. Number two, I say it helps you to grow in the gift and in the fruit of the Spirit. Number three, it helps us 
in being led or it speaks about the leading of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter number 8 verse 14 says, Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. I want to say that. Romans chapter number 8 verse 14 says, The sons of God are what? Led by the... Say, those who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. In other words, they definitely, this shows to us that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a distinct mark of God upon those who are the offspring of God. I want you to get that. The bap how, how does God max you as his son? How does God max you as his own? He places in you or he places upon you the spirit of God. His spirit, he places it upon you. And the scripture says, now those who are led by the spirit, he says, they are the sons of God. There are many out there parading themselves as the sons of God, but yet they are not led by the Spirit of God. How do I know that you are a son of God? How do you know that you are a son of God? You are being led by the Spirit of God. You are not led by your emotion. You are not led by circumstances around you. You are not led by what your friend says. You are not led in court by your popular favorite preachers and teachers, but you are one who is led by the indwelling of the Spirit of God. Because why? When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it helps you now to be able to hear the voice of God. And when you read John chapter number 10, verse 10, John speaking in the book of John 10, 10, he said, my sheep hears my voice. Jesus speaking. My sheep. He said, hears my voice. Jesus said. He said, the voice of a stranger, we dare not follow. They will hear the voice of the stranger. They will not follow. Why? Because that is not the voice of the shepherd. He said, they will only hear and they will only follow the voice of the shepherd. How do you hear the voice of God? It is by the infilling of the Spirit of God in you, upon you, this baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is why, listen to me, beloved, you need to desire this feeling, this baptism of the Holy Spirit that we are talking about because it helps you to be led by the Spirit of God as this is one of the true mark of the sons of God. The apostle, the spiritual father of the house, before he introduced me or in his, in, in, in his, uh, in his exhortation to you, spoke, spoke, or spoke about this baptism of the Holy Spirit, how he, the baptism, the Spirit of God, leads him in certain things. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't only lead you in church. Because some people think that it's only when we come together, the Spirit of God leads you. Then you can prophesy. You can jump and do what you want to do on Sunday. But from Monday to Saturday, you live like a devil or you're struggling all through the week. No, 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 no. The baptism of the Holy Spirit becomes a living experience in your daily lifestyle, in your daily life. You are led on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and it leads you in the ways of God, and that is how you and I can experience the peace of God. You and I can walk in faith and not in fear. Very, very important. We don't have time to begin to, to tell you or to begin to share personal testimony how I've been led by the Spirit of God in many ways. And 
when you are led by the Spirit of God, oh, it delivers you. A lot of us have engaged ourselves in certain business and certain investment that we never asked the Lord to be led by the Spirit of God, even in our investment. We just wake up with excitement, we are gone for the day, for the business. But we never sit to ask the Lord to pray and spend time with the Lord to be led by the Spirit of God that will lead us to know where or what to do, what time we want to do. I remember in the early days, let me let me quickly say this, in the early days of, as I began to grow up in my walk with the Lord, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And last Sunday I said it, prayed for me, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I never spoke in tongues, I never felt anything, but one or two brothers who were with us, while they prayed for us, spoke in tongues. But my own experience was three days after I actually woke up in the morning from bed speaking in tongues and I spoke in tongues all through that day. And that was how I began to, you know, that, that infilling, that praying, that baptism of the Holy Spirit came. I began to pray in tongues. But as I began to grow, I was young. This was, I was just about 15 years then. But as I began to grow in the Lord, I began to have this consciousness or this understanding of my calling. Of my calling in ministry. Now at that time being a young boy, I don't fully understand this whole aspect of this kingdom stuff today. Or this apostolic assignment or this kingdom apostolic assignment even to do what I do today. But my whole excitement was, was out of the zeal of God. Like Paul would say, he said they have zeal but they lack knowledge. I just had this zeal to want to serve God. We prayed, we prayed, we fasted, we were involved in evangelism, we were involved in any, anything that shows up. We just want to do it with pleasure for the Lord. Okay? And in that time, I began to have this dream. God began to give me this dream, seeing myself preaching in different nations of the world, in different platforms, all kinds of people, white, black, whatever you want to call them in color. I saw myself preaching to them, but here I am in this Asian city of Benin City, and I've never left my state. I've not gone anywhere, but I was dreaming of the nations of the world. I even had a world map. I knew all the countries of the world. I began to point them and say, this one I will go, this one I will go, this one I will go, this one. But I've never been anywhere. Okay, I have this desire. But as I began to grow, because of these dreams, this vision or whatever, I just feel that God wants me to go to the nation. But the question of the problem is when? It is one thing to know that God is assigning me to the nation, but the other aspect of it, when, the timing, I wasn't, I wasn't fully aware. Is it now or is it five years from now? Is it ten years from now? And what do I need to do? If it is a vision God is giving me now, it is for an appointed time, and there is a need for me to begin to prepare myself, equip myself for that assignment. But I was so zealous, I just want to apply for visas. I just want to go to different nations of the world to preach. And guess what? I was applying for visas upon one nation after the other. And guess what? I was being refused visas. One nation after the other. And I lost hundreds of dollars just applying for visa. We are talking about 20-something years ago. I was losing hundreds of dollars just applying for visa, being refused. At that time, I think the devil, I, to me, I felt the devil was fighting against me or fighting against the ministry. But it was later on I realized that I was just walking 
in my own ways without listening or without following the leading of the Spirit of God. And guess what? Today, now understanding after growing in the Lord, in the things of the Spirit, I begin to understand what it means to be led by the Spirit of God. And guess what? Following the leading of the Spirit of God have made things easy. And today, nations have been to 65 nations of the world. Some of those nations have been there over 40 times today, preaching the gospel, just simply being led by the Spirit of God. And God is awesome. It's an awesome experience to be led by the Spirit of God. So you must understand this aspect of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, number four, let's understand this also as we come gradually come to a place of conclusion. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, one of the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon your life is speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. Which, when you read Acts chapter number 2, you understand the story very well there, that as they were united together in prayer, the Bible says, as they prayed, the Spirit of God filled the room, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And one of the evidence, or one of the marks, is that they began to speak in tongues. Now, let's understand this. Last week I said this. I said this, and I want you to get this. Yes, one of the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. But I said it yesterday, uh, last week. The primary purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just about speaking in tongues. It is it's not just speaking, in other words, not just about speaking to God. It is more about hearing from God. I said this earlier. It's more about hearing from God. And you understand, Pentecost began in the Old Testament. And when you understand the whole experience of Pentecost in the Old Testament, when that glorious experience came upon the mount, that was where the word, the law of the Lord was given. Pentecost was when the law of the Lord, Moses brought the law of the Lord and gave to the people. But the scriptures say they refused to hear the laws of God and they spoke back and said, we will not listen. Go speak to Aaron and let Aaron come speak to us and we will see whether we, we can obey it or not. And the Bible said, and they spoke back, disobeying the voice that spoke to them. Pentecost is about the speaking of the Lord. It's not about your speaking, it's about his speaking. The infilling of the Holy Spirit in you is the enabling of the Spirit that when you speak, you don't speak of yourself, but you become the very voice of God that proclaims the mind of God and the purposes of God. So it's important that you understand. So it's speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues, hear me, stimulates your faith. Jude chapter number 1 verse 20 says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. In other words, you build up what? Yourself. You build up your holy faith by how? Praying in the Spirit. So in other words, understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit enables you to speak in tongues, which does what? Which stimulates your faith and helps us to learn to trust God more fully. Because faith must be exercised to speak with tongues. 
because the Holy Spirit specifically directs the word that we speak when we speak in tongues. So we begin to understand it. Praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, guess what? Stimulates our faith. And finally, let me deal on this aspect as well. The baptism of the Holy Spirit helps you to be able to test all spirits. And which you also find, like I said earlier, it helps you to grow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits. But when you read this testing of spirits, Paul, the apostle, said to the believer, test all spirits and see whether they be of God or not. Why did Paul tell them or tell the disciples to test all spirits? Because at that time, there were false prophets false prophets deluding the people. And therefore, Paul said, test all spirit. How are you able to test spirits? It is through the infilling or through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In other words, testing of spirit is the ability to tell who is spiritual and who is not. It is the ability to tell who is speaking of the Spirit from the Spirit of God and those who are not speaking from the Spirit of God. Now, without doubt, today, there are too many theorists out there that have deluded believers and continue to do so. There are many out there who claim that they are of God and their so-called revelation is of God, and they keep speaking and proclaiming words, prophetic words in quote, and revelation and so forth. How do we know if these are of God or if these are not of God? And sometimes you must understand this aspect of deception is that there are Bible scripture verses that is being quoted to back what they say. And sometimes they even use the name of Jesus in addition. And people say, well, how can it not be of God? Because they are preaching Jesus, they are adding scripture, no, it's of God. No, there are many out there who use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who even use the Bible as a, as a guiding, uh, as, uh, what, what, as something to, to guide them, to make people think that what they are saying is of God, when what they are saying is not from the Spirit of God, it's from their own human theology or their own philosophy that leads people astray, even though they sound good. But how are we able, therefore, to know it is through the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it helps us to be able to test all spirit to know which is of God. Beloved, if there is anything today the church needs is the discerning of spirits. For us to be able to test all spirit, the ability to know those who are spiritual and those who are not. The context of this, like I said, was to know who is a true prophet and who is not. To know who is speaking for, for God and those who are not speaking for God. So I pray that you will look into some of these things which we have touched about concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So that uh, the reason why I have touched on this different aspect of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you to also go deeper in your understanding of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So that you don't just limit it to think Acts. Chapter number two is that when they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, they speak in tongues. 
and you think, yes, I'm not speaking in tongues. I need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit so that I can speak in tongues. There is so much more in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I pray that you will look into this aspect which we have dealt on concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit that brings you into union with Christ and with the body of Christ. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a divine empowerment of the Lord to be a witness. In other words, it brings upon you the supernatural ability as you partner with the Lord to fulfill your divine assignment. I cannot do anything of myself. I can only do what I do through the infilling of the Holy Spirit that empowers me to do what I do. And when you look further in conclusion, when the apostles of the Lord were baptized with the Holy Spirit, one other thing that was evidence is the fact that they began to exercise power and authority. Power and authority in the name of Jesus over demonic spirits and over the realms of the enemy, including sometimes natural realm to bring things under subjection to the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit and endued with that power from on high, you can say in the name of Jesus, Satan, get out. You can cast out devil and operate in supernatural authority. And I believe we as believers need to begin to function in that realm. Not only have I read that in scripture, but personally I've, I've experienced that. Let me give you an instance. I remember in those days I spent time in prayer for this infilling of the Holy Spirit and this power of the Holy Spirit. I remember one time I was invited to a particular church in a city called Agbo in Nigeria. I went to that church. Wow, it was packed full. I began to pray, Lord, I, I don't just want to speak with the eloquency of man just to preach and to excite people. Lord, I want the power of the Spirit of God. I prayed and asked, Lord, for this baptism of the Holy Spirit, of this endowment of power. After much prayer, I remember as I walked into that meeting, not time for prayer, as I walked into that meeting, there was this cloud of God's glory that came. I mean, supernatural manifestation, demonic manifestation. People were being just like spontaneously, they were just being delivered. Not even time of preaching. Wow, it was a powerful experience. From that day forward, that was what gives me, gave me the confidence, or it gives me the confidence to stand before any man or any congregation or any place to declare the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, because I know God will always confirm his word. Why? Because I'm filled, I'm baptized with the Spirit of God. When you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you have this boldness and this confidence to speak the word, knowing that you don't confirm the word. He confirms the word because of that baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can see signs. You can see wonder. You can heal the sick. You can set the captive free. You can raise the dead. We can do great things for the Lord because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But to wrap it all, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes, remember, you become a witness of the Lord, a partner with the Lord, to fulfill his purpose. You're sitting here in the sound of my voice. God has given you talents. God has given you gift. There are many things that God has endowed you with that is needed for the advancement of the body. It is time for you to rise up and take your place in the house of God and begin to function. There is no weak link in the body of Christ. 
There is no one who is invited to sit down and just do nothing and just only hear. We must begin to participate and be what God wants us to be. Amen. I pray that the Lord bless you and you continue to meditate on some of these points which we have dealt on in addition to the whole teaching of this package on baptism which is foundational in our work with the Lord. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord continue to increase you. Father, thank you for this word of exhortation. Thank you for these teachings. Thank you for these principles. Thank you for these points which we have looked into concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we've understood it is not just only the infilling of your spirit just to speak in tongues, but we've understood from your word there is much more. It is an endowment of supernatural ability to be a witness for you and to fulfill your purpose. We've understood that it brings transformation in our lives for us to become more like you, which you have destined for us to be. We understand it helps us to grow, not just only in the gifts of the Spirit, but in the fruit of the Spirit. It helps us to be able to test our spirit to know which is of the Lord. And it helps us to be led by your spirit in all things. Lord, I pray that this become the spiritual reality of this family. Now, not just only one, but every one of us will begin to operate in the fullness of the spirit of God and begin to experience this dynamics of God's kingdom, of God's presence, even in our lives. That even those who come and join with us as the Lord brings them, Lord, there will be an impartation of this life that they will see that they have never seen anywhere but something unique in this family that you have established in this city. That this becomes something that will spread out not only in this city but beyond to the nations of the world. You will use us mightily for your glory and for your praise in the name of Jesus. Bless everyone, O oh Lord, that have heard this word today in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. I love you and thank you for the opportunity. And once again, I want to thank the apostle of the house for this great opportunity. Thank you so much. I'm humble and I appreciate it. May the Lord richly bless you all. Amen. Love you all. Amen.